All right, everyone, welcome to this episode of Delano Podcast News. My guest today is Marcella Lopez. She is from the Child Guidance Clinic. She's going to be bringing up some really good information on mental health stigmas. So stay tuned. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be able to discuss mental health illness and be able to provide the um, be able to destigmatize in that area. Well, it's great to have you here on this episode. So, uh, what uh, what information can you bring to us today? Well, um, it's just within our community, it's very common that when we have some kind of physical health problem, we will go to the immediately to the doctor to address it, whether it get whether it is a diabetes or so. However, when it comes to mental health, such as maybe feeling, um, having levels of anxiety or depression, that's more frowned upon where men less ambivalent or less um, likely to address it immediately because within our, as we're in our upbringing, that's not a pr- necessarily prioritized. I mean, it's more than physical health. So um, some things that we're often told as we're young is... Um, males don't show their feelings or, um, you know, get over it. Or within Hispanics, it's very common to just refer to as nervios, but you don't give it its accurate um, label due to fear of um, judgment, um, fear of being, um, of not being seen to go see a counselor. So um, that's part of the mission that we're seeking is to be more open within the community with regards to mental health, be more open about it. Unfortunately, we've had um, untreated mental health diagnosis that has led to often um, suicides, for example. I mean, worldwide, based on the World Health Organization, we have at least 800,000 suicide deaths a year, which actually is the equivalent of um, a suicide every 40 seconds. Here in the United States, um, we have about 47,173 deaths by suicide, um, which is a high rate. Nevertheless, um, it's the 10th leading cause of death here in the United States, and it's the second leading death within um, 15 and 24-year-olds. And while um, common diagnoses in the U.S. are um, anxiety and depression disorders. So um, if we are more open about um, our emotions and um, and the struggles we're experiencing, I mean, prevention is the route to go. And that's why we also provide outreach within our clinic. We go out to schools we and we're trying to be within the community by being here with you. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, here, Hispanic, this is a large Hispanic community. So, I mean, that's one of the number one things I thought about like that. It's like a lot of people are like, oh, just don't talk about it. You just got to get through it and everything. And that's like a number one thing that we kind of see as far as Hispanics. So, I mean, now I know you kind of deal more with children or like adolescents and young adults. So, I mean, is anxiety and everything with the way social media and like even just nowadays the way society is is it an even more problem now that you see anxiety and, and depression within students and, and young adults well um i must say i know there's a, a fear within parents that observing certain content might make them feel a certain way or might cause them to be a certain way however it's more than anything how they manage that kind of content 
and having education and building that awareness and that discussion within the family circle. So, I mean, like you said, discussing it within the family circle, but it's like culturally, it's a thing that gets brushed off to not really talk about it. How would one talk about it if that's the way that it gets presented and they get told that just kind of get through it? How do you, how do you move on from that? Or if you're someone that is going through something, you feel like that, how do you go forward on the next step to kind of get help for that? That is primarily why we really trying to reach out to the families, get in their, get in their homes via home visits, via, via school, uh, attending their back to school nights, even their community events to provide psychoeducation to the families. I know um, there are certain barriers that are built upon from extensive um, upbringing and, and years of, you know, um, of, of stigma behind the mental health and it's it's a lot of awareness and education and outreach. So I mean education on that is, is important because like you said, a lot of people don't have enough information about it. And when you look at mental health, the first thing most people would think of mine is okay, either schizophrenia or any type of really major mental health problem, but they don't really realize that there is like anxiety and depression, just everyday things that people go through. Those are mental health problems that most people need to seek some kind of help or seek some kind of way to help them combat that. So, I mean, as a parent, how how would I or how would anybody look or how would they be able to watch to, to notice certain things and, and want to seek help for that? Um, that's why we try to discuss common signs, like, um, for example, within um, depression, well, depression, you might notice uh, higher levels of in, um, isolation. You might um, see levels of hopelessness. You might see levels of lack of interest in their regular day-to-day activities. Um, uh, the distinction between the and anxiety and depression, uh, you know, within um, depressed individuals is their level of hopelessness is the fact that they see an obscure future compared to like anxieties, like more than anything, they have a fear for the future. That's their extensive worry about. And then um, it's um, checking in with the with your kids on a day to day basis, um, just opening up that door that not because you you see a counselor or or uh, you're crazy because it's an often term that I get from um, community members that if you go see a counselor estás um, loco or vas a ir al loquero or they automatically connected to to what was in the past having them in a um, safety belt safety jacket Mm -hmm. and um that's the common image they get immediately when they hear mental health so as a so i mean like you said that's a common misconception on that now how how common is that in adolescents and young adults as as far as having mental health problems or any kind of illness that they might be suffering from is it pretty common It, it is pretty common um within um young adults and and uh, old, older uh, generations. Um, I mean, like I'll give you an example. I mean, the the highest within middle age, they have the highest rates of suicide, and um, within the whole U.S., Caucasian ma- middle aged males. So, um, if you look at it carefully, um, at the end of the day, um, we gotta address that. 
is there is there a cause for that, or do you, is there like any research that's been done to see why there's yeah. a rise in that? Because does it have to do with the environment, or are they changing social, like the way that everybody moves around their day to like social media to everything? Is that have anything well I've, I've seen that it does but i just want to kind of clarify if you can kind of go more in depth on that it also um and if, before you would hide things and you also didn't have all these media outlets to to be informed or um have um news spread out um in a more rapid pace. So it is uh, partly the fact that um, information is more available, that it also seems like it's more common. However, in the past, it appeared less common, partly due to the fact that you would hide it. Um, you would keep it within the home. You weren't as open about these kinds of uh, mental health problems. So uh, the media availability has helped um, open up um to notice how hot, big of an epidemic it is. Now, what are some what are some solutions to that? If if that's the cause or something, if say you have a child that's that's the reason why their anxiety or depression or that's what's causing that, what, what would be a good solution on a parent level, or would you just recommend directly going to see a counselor on that? Um, there's some items that um, you. I mean, you don't have to necessarily have to go to a counselor. It's more than anything when it's impairing their ability to perform their daily living activities, then that's it's something to consider outside help. But um, checking in on your kids, um, um, being able to have those kinds of discussions and provide them with the coping skills, uh, whether it is, um, you know, if it is a counselor, counselor, uh, but um, it gets to a point where there's in situational environmental and genetic factors that come into play. You know, uh, if some of the kids, it might be uh, that they're going through um, a divorce in their family, it can be um, school, they're being bullied. So it's parental involvement. And then if it comes to a point where within the home you can't address it, that's why you have the the mental health services available outside to help that. And that's what the child guidance kind of comes in to kind of provide that. So then they, they are able to meet with parents. Now, is that something that only has to be referred by school or can just any parent seek the services of the clinic? You can go on your own. Uh, we have days where we have walk-ins. We have um, days where we have scheduled um, assessments. Um, we, I mean, we oftentimes um, offer home assessments if that's how much we are dedicated towards um, getting into the community, um, making ourselves available to you, the community. Is there um, any other tips or anything else that inform-wise that parents would probably want to be um, have knowledge of or anything to look out for for their children or their loved ones or any friends that they might have? Well, um, if you're referring specifically to, like, for example, depression, you will look out for an increase in isolation, maybe suicidal thoughts, maybe um, they're less interested to their regular activities. Um, it's impeding their ability to perform in school. Um, they're... Uh, Normally, their normal daily activities, uh, they're not able to focus on them anymore. 
um, maybe less interested in their own hygiene. Um, Anxiety-wise, I mean, you might see level of restlessness, pacing, um, um, increased heart rate, um, or um, to an extent, there's a point where they may fear even um, items that they weren't usually fearful of. So those are common things to look out for for within like depression or anxiety. Now, um, also, um, just real quick, I often try to open up with regards to suicide because I know a lot of them hear suicide and it's they're very fearful of that word because, um, you know, you don't know how to address it at that moment. But honestly, it's more than anything, this, um, discussing it, it's not going to put the idea in their mind. It, they already have that in their mind prior to you trying to open up about it. So um, have that discussion with them, explore what are the um, building factors leading up to that and connect them with the, whether it is the crisis hotline or um, if you can't through the crisis hotline, then hopefully you can open up to counseling. See, that that's really interesting because I, I like that kind of thing came up a lot, like to talk about whether you have thoughts of suicide or something's really bothering you that you might um, think about suicide. And that kind of rose with that Netflix original that where it brought up 13, like, 13 why. Reasons Why. And that kind of brought up a whole can of worms and kind of thing. And some people were saying it was negative because, oh, now it's putting it into their minds. But would something as simple as a online series cause people to have more thoughts of actually going through it? committing suicide versus it being a thing okay maybe i should think about this and talk to someone about it or i don't know there have been studies where there have been copycat suicides but that i i can't really um disclose with regards to whether those shows increment it but um based on what the 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 studies that have been performed within individuals who have committed suicide, those people, they had some kind of untreated mental health illness or they somehow already had that in their mind. In any case, um, there's factors that might build on it, which is, um, you know, stressors around it that may escalate the situation. So, I mean, like I, I know you were talking about points and everything and how people can look out for certain things because I mean but sometimes is it possible to not notice because I I've I have had friends and friends of that they have lost other relatives to suicide and I've talked to them and they were just like we didn't they, there was no signs or that at the time they realized they thought there was no signs so I mean is it possible for them to be I know you said a lot of isolation sometimes can lead to that so I mean is it possible for just you not to be able to notice beforehand? It is possible to notice when uh, you, you're you not informed about their circumstances or you're not aware of what to look out for. Um, you know, um, I mean, a little, I, I, I relate to that. I mean, I've, I've had a relative myself who he it went through that route and uh, we did not notice those signs. And, um, you know, but then after we noticed the signs, once we became educated about uh, what might lead up on to that, like it can be a terminal illness, which was a similar, which would occurred with that person that it, we were unaware of that terminal illness. 
So it's different factors that uh, we're misinformed or uninformed that we miss out on sometimes. So, I mean, is there any, do you have any last information or anything before? Is there anything else that you'd like to say to any of the viewers or any of the, I mean, because most likely it's going to be parents and students as well that might see this because it's going to get shared um, within this community. Is there any last words that you can say to anyone? Our best interest is that um, mental health illness can be um, discussed in a in a regular daily basis, similar like you do with physical health. Remove the stigma behind it. And um, if you are feeling stuck, don't know how to manage the situation, you do have Child Guidance Clinic here in Delano available to you. We go out to schools. We go out to your homes. Um, you can come to the office. Um, and we... We do outreach as well to the schools to try to make ourselves available. All right. Well, Marcella, I thank you for coming on this episode and giving us some information about that. If any of the viewers do have any uh, need or would like further information or even services of the uh, Child Guidance Clinic here in Delano, uh, they have a phone number. It's uh, 661-725-1042. And if you have any more questions or you feel like you might need uh, more understanding or more help for a loved one, uh, please feel free to give them a call. Again, Marcella, thank you for coming on to this episode and you have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. All right.